The first lesson is from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. See, I will send my messenger, who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come near to you for judgment. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers and perjurers, against those who defraud labourers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive aliens of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. Thanks be to God. Jeremiah 33, verses 14 to 16. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days, and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteous Saviour. Amen. I'm reading for you the gospel reading that is set for today. He comes from Luke, the third chapter, 7 to 18. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can rise up children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, 
and anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will comes. I am not worthy the straps of his sandals to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. I was very lucky about 40 years ago to spend Advent with an elderly couple in Germany. Someone who had not yet lost the old German traditions. They lit a candle. They sat in silence, in quietness. They prayed. They waited with expectancy. The second week of Advent, they did the same. Their Advent was stillness of quietness, of an expected happening, coming, waiting upon the Lord. Well, dear friends, that's not what I see now in our present time and age. The first Christmas tree appeared, believe it or not, 
in the supermarkets the day before the 1st of November. They had to be ready. Ready for the 1st of November, for those 40 days of feasting, of frantic, rushing here, there, everywhere else, writing Christmas cards, busy, 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 busy. I remember when I was in the grip of this fever, one Christmas Eve, traveling round all the supermarkets in the area, I needed, oh how I needed for Christmas, a jar of pickled onions. And they were sold out. How I needed a jar of pickled walnuts, but they were nowhere to be found. I was frantic. How could I possibly celebrate Christmas, those cold meats, that turkey without pickled walnuts? I was, of course, in the grip of a fever, a fever that has truly grabbed us in this nation and in other nations. We have simply lost what Advent is really all about. And if ever there has been a time in the history of our nation that we need to rediscover the real message of Advent, it is today. I was thinking to myself, what is the re real question that any preacher should ask a congregation in the world as we see it today? I would suggest to you, this is the question, what will you do to draw close to Jesus Christ in the lead up to Christmas? Forty days that will do all in its power to distract you from his still, still voice. Forty days that will do everything in its power to distract you from what Advent is all about. I have to tell you, dear friends, I'm sorry to say it, but I always preach firstly to myself. The great Christmas season of Advent has got a blight. It's all but destroyed because of commercialism. And it's degenerated into the worst aspects of, how will I put it, the worst aspects of a non-Christian festival. And then, of course, nearly every morning, there is the news of some new atrocity or man-made disaster. Then there is the growth of fascism in Europe and in the United Kingdom. 
I'm wondering when we really wake up to this terrible threat. Then there is Syria and the Yemen. And I don't have to tell you that in the Yemen there are hundreds of thousands of children who are starving to death. Brought about by one of the richest countries in the world because it sits on oil. And then wherever we look, there seems to be corruption. There is chaos in so many parts of the world. And may I suggest we have our fair share of chaos in our own country. And it appears to me that so many affluent countries, including our own, has somehow lost their moral compass when we look at refugees and the starving in the world. Millions in the world still die from hunger and disease. And then suddenly, a few months ago, we were looking at slavery, that slavery still exists. And then suddenly we are told that in our own country, there are, hidden away, 10 to 12,000 people who are held in slavery. I tell you, it's very hard not to be heartbroken and despondent and to think there is little hope for the world. And yet, we can and we should celebrate Christmas despite the chaos around us and even more intently the real Advent is not about commercialism, but about the fulfillment and the assurance that the old, age-old struggle between what is good and what is wrong, godly and ungodly, will end. When our resources, dear friends, as Christians are depleted, God's resources are not. When we seem to have used up all our options for peace in the world, God has more. When we've given in to hopelessness, God comes to us with new possibilities, new hope, a new creation, and a new future. The truth is, it may get darker before it gets lighter, but the light still shines. Give me an amen. Amen. The light still shines. The darkness, though it threatens, will be overcome. The real spirit of Advent 
is marked by a spirit of expectation, anticipation, preparation of longing, a yearning for del from deliverance from the evils of oppression and tyranny in our world. The time of our Advent that we are celebrating today should be a time of hope. However faint at times and however distant God seems to be. Yes, Advent is a preparation for Christmas, but each year is a new journey of the people of God who bring to the world the anticipation of the King who will rule with truth and justice and righteousness over his people and his creation. I have to say to you, the battles against hatred, war, hunger, brutality, evil will continue. But you know they are only battles. Because whatever the outcome appears to be, the war itself has been won by Jesus Christ. And the ultimate victory for the kingdom of God has been decided. Again, I say to you, the Advent hope is that Jesus Christ will return as King, who will rule with truth and justice and righteousness over his people and his creation. Here is the ringing message of Advent. Hope. We do not know what is coming, but we do know who is coming. It is he who meets us every day and will meet us at the end, Jesus Christ the Lord. As Advent moves us nearer to the coming of Christ, let us keep making him number one in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. Let us move and live in such a way that it attracts people, even at this time, to faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, I say to you all on this third advent of advent sunday rejoice rejoice in hope amen <laughs>